The Joe Beaver Show is on the air. 22. What do you mean? 22. After all the uncertainties of the past two years, there's been an expectation and a hope for a more normal 22 23. But now the question is. USC and UCLA do. They're both Big Ten schools. Yeah. But where does that leave the rest of us? Who could possibly answer that question in this strange new era of analytics? Mad transfers. How did it get hit? Well, it looks to me like you portaled it. A what? You know, portal from wherever you were to here. What's that? It's a, a different kind of portal. Oh, it's just changed so radically, and we're all running to catch up. And realignments. They both big ten schools. Yeah. All we do know is the boys are back, and the Joe Beaver Show plots its own course. Now there are a few more topics that we have to cover. And we will not talk about transfers, and we will not talk about my mother. We will talk about what I want to talk about. Fair enough. Who's next? Who's next? Joe Beaver is on 1240 Joe Radio. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the final Joe Beaver show of this week. I'm John Warren, and uh, T.J. Matthewson across the way. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it is the final show of this week because tomorrow at this time, first pitch for Beaver baseball. The season gets underway from Surprise, Arizona against New Mexico, and uh, Trent Sellers will be on the mound for Oregon State. Jacob Kamatz, the uh, next starter Saturday. And then TBA after that. Jaron Hunter, an option for those next two days, as well as A.J. Lattery uh, and one other. I forgot who it was when Mitch talked to us on Tuesday. Yeah. They're not, again, not totally sure about the back end of the rotation yet. Those back end guys will probably be the ones that pitch in the midweek series as well. So it's not like you're out of the rotation. You're just on the, the, the back end of it for now. I got to say, this is the this is the first year in a while now. In, in quite some time, going into a season without really a three three man rotation that's pretty set that you're really really excited about that there's even any certainty really there's not right. I mean you're right if the most certain you are is Jacob Kavats. There have been a couple of good. years where you're certain about Friday and Saturday, and I don't know, there was maybe one or two guys who could battle for Sunday, but it's been a long time since it's been this fractured going into a to a season which is why this weekend is going to be so intriguing it's it is going to be the first measuring stick you're not going to face uh, a murderer's row of, of teams this weekend so it should be a bit of a softer landing for for yeah. some of these guys that are really auditioning for the first time Trent Sellers has a lot of experience he threw 170 innings at Lewis Clark State and over the past pair of season yeah, yeah he, he was, was great awesome this is a different level of college baseball. Right. We'll see how he adjusts a confident four-pitch mix of pitches uh, to see tomorrow, he which will be the exciting. experience and the numbers to be great. It's just like you say, the intrigue is the next level. It is the next level. But there's good college baseball at every level. We know that. And it, yeah. NAIA, Division One, Two, II, and Three. I mean, and all, everyone State, is talented. Very good. They Juco, the tournament. All, these, all these teams are really, really talented. It, it's been There's been some fascinating discussions on how – some like really good like Texas, Arizona, California, or Florida JUCO teams could easily beat 
your standard mid-major mm-hmm. college baseball team because that's, you know, the talent, once it drops off from the power five, it's like, well, do I go to a mid-major? Or I can go to JUCO. I can get drafted mm-hmm. or I can transfer for, without penalty into a power five a year later. Bunch of things to to think about, but it's and, it's talented everywhere. And Lewis and Clark State, where he's from, was very good, making it to the the World Series. And mm-hmm. Sellers was uh, all tournament, all uh, nation, everything, everything that you can win. And was fourteen, I think, in two last year. I have his record up. He, uh, we could talk to Carter. Carter wrote a little bit about him. Yeah. Yes, uh, two days ago, I think on Tuesday. Carter Baines will join us here at eleven thirty from BeaverBlitz.com. We, Generally want to talk with Carter about football, but we can talk to him about baseball as well. <clears throat> and some basketball. Uh, Carter and I sat next to each other last last week at uh, one of the games, one of the two games on think, the weekend. I think it was Thursday, he said. Yeah, and um, so that's coming up at 1130. And then at 12.05, Ron Callen to give us a preview from Seattle as the Beavers will take on Washington tomorrow night in women's basketball. And then Doc Parker at uh, 12.30. In the last 20 minutes of the show, half hour, but we'll get uh, Doc on at 12:30 to kind of close it up with thoughts on Spokane. Uh, I want to get his thoughts. On, they don't stay in Pullman. Uh, well, they flew to Spokane and worked out, and I don't know if they if they stay in Pullman or not. I don't think they do. We did every year I went with women's basketball for many years. Stayed at the University Inn, which is right between. Um, it's the one right the across campuses. the street. Yeah. Yeah. From the Kibbe Dome. Man, it's and, been so long since I've been to Pullman. And that was kind of the hotel where everybody stayed as far as teams. I remember being there when other teams for different winter sports were all staying there from different schools. It's uh, the biggest hotel in the area, at least it was. And they have, you know, amenities and stuff like that. Things may have changed. I think men's basketball for the last several years have driven down on game day. From Spokane, and uh, I know they worked out. They flew into Spokane yesterday, went to a barn. Mike described it as a barn. It had <laughs> had courts in it that was owned or run by John Stockton, and that he usually is there sweeping floors and and just kind of doing administrative duties for this thing. But really, he, he wasn't there yesterday. Uh, a little bit of that. So we'll we'll ask Mike about the great John Stockton in Spokane, and of course that's Coach uh, Coach Tinkle's hometown and. I'm sure he knows a lot of people there. So um, we'll get the lay, the uh, lay of the land and, you know, see how practice went and a few other things. And then uh, that's it. So uh, we've got Carter, Ron, and Mike all joining us on the show today and other topics to discuss from yesterday moving into today and anything new that has come up. In fact, um, as part of what we really just started to discuss yesterday on the Pac-12's media rights. We didn't really get into much of it other than to, to really kind of take that first part away, which was who's who's still involved and, you know, what what networks are still hanging around and what networks have said, yep, nope, we're done. We don't need you anymore. And it really is, TJ, it really is that feeling of you did something wrong, you waited too long, and now you're you're scrambling at the end. And I'm feeling that from some of the articles I'm reading. Just one of a number of of bad moves. We always track it back to the to the Pac-12 networks uh, and and Larry Scott deciding that he wanted to he wanted the Pac-12 networks to stay independent of ESPN and Fox and not have them pick it up, which 
Could you imagine the position the Pac-12 would be in if Larry Scott just said yes to Fox or ESPN to run the networks? Yeah. I mean, I think the Pac-12, first of all, USC and UCLA would still be in the conference. Yeah. And from everything I've read online, the Pac-12 would be would have similar revenue numbers to the Big Ten, which is near $100 million a year, I think, for that. <sighs> wow. $100 million. Yeah. <laughs> and instead... It sounds like there's the conference is scrambling to get thirty million dollars a year combined yeah. from streaming, ESPN, right. and whatever. Right. There's as we mentioned yesterday at the end, there is they're desperate right now for for they're the last it last conference like it. It to like secure it. a media rights deal. The Big Twelve in the fall went out and negotiated with their current partners, Fox and ESPN, said, Hey. Let's get a deal done. And they did $31.6 million per school per year for the Big 12. Not as much as the, the, the Big 10 and the ACC, but the Big 12 didn't have those marquee names to negotiate. So they did what they could have. But they have a deal done. And they have a conference set in place, which, by the way, will expand this year. This will be the only edition of the Big 12, which will contain Texas, mm-hmm. Oklahoma, yep. Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, and... Houston? Yes. It's a Houston. So Houston's the fit. Those six teams, this is the only addition of the Big 12 that will have those six teams. But as I was thinking about before this show, as it relates to the Pac-12, we were talking a little bit about SMU and San Diego State yesterday. Those four Big 12 expansion teams, I would all take over SMU and San Diego State. All four of them. Mm. Those are the two teams that are being talked about joining the conference. Yeah. Those are the two teams where George Kalyovkov has spent some time. San Diego and Dallas. SMU, Dallas. So, put up a poll question, which haven't done in a while. Haven't had a, a poll. But we, we do today text the word like or don't like, the phrase don't like. And that will automatically go into, if I did it correctly. And I don't think I put a receipt in there. Don't expect a receipt like thanks for listening because I didn't put it in there. <laughs> Just know that you did it right. Uh, like or don't like, and that should take it to the poll, and then we can tell you how people listening to the Joe Beaver Show today feel about SMU and San Diego State joining the conference. Yes or no? Now, I don't know how to do the poll where you would say other teams and other choices. Like a multi-choice. Yeah, right, right. So I got to figure that out. But But as it is right now, that's kind of where things were were leading as to the latest reports from Wilner and Kinzano and others. Those are the best options right now. Well, we think those we are think the biggest markets. Those are, those are the biggest markets in terms of what you're adding to the conference. That that's your best guess. Do you have any other ideas of schools that you, you think right. would be good? Because Kanzano tweeted minutes before this show came on the air that the Pac twelve has been keeping Boise State at, at an arm's length away and that they just haven't, there hasn't been too much interest between uh, for the Pac 12 getting Boise State in there. As you think, well, Boise State as a, as a football brand, sure, but how much do they really add? You're adding the Boise television market. Eh, it doesn't really push the needle for the markets. It's not necessarily going to raise the level of competition you have within the conference. It's not going to make you an elite football conference. Boise State is no longer a top five football program nationally as they were in the in the late 2000s and in the early 2010s that's that's just not that's not the reality of the situation anymore 
they don't add as much as a BYU does or as a UCF does or as a Cincinnati or at, or as a Houston, which is Houston's the number four television market in in the country. So Dallas apparently is number five. San Diego is number 28. Yeah. Is there really enough? Uh, maybe this is a terrible question, but is there really enough separation between L.A. and San Diego that uh, that San Diego truly is its own market? Yeah, I mean, it's like 100 miles. Okay, all right. So San Diego's 28, so you're getting 28 and 5. You, you do need Southern California. Absolutely, you have to have a presence there. They just opened a new stadium. If they have the dollars and if they have the all of the infrastructure and things that you need to be in a conference, uh, a Power 5 conference, well, welcome him in. I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Uh, SMU is a football school. Yeah, it's okay. Market, it's a great market. And that might open up some some recruiting in Texas. Yeah. And which, you know, you can go down there if you want, whether or not you're in there in the league. But you're certainly going to go down there now because you want to compete for for some of those players. And the football can always get better once they join a Power 5 conference. Yeah. It could. They just also had the number one recruiting class in the entire group of five. Which well, is a plus. Good yeah, start. Yeah, that's right. So we I, and I saw it put this way again yesterday when I when I'm thinking about this. The pat the reason the Pac-12 is in this spot right now. What have these other conferences done, John? Why why are they succeeding so much right now? Why why have they secured other schools? Because well, they've been aggressive. That's in terms question. of expansion. And but here's something to add to that. Though. Sure. The whole thing with with Larry Scott, he was he the the chancellors and presidents were the ones. To, making decisions they are as much at blame as larry scott is. yes they yes. chose the wrong person to stay in charge that's and what they, they did. said yes to whatever they, they they agreed to what he would propose in front of them now Correct. is that on them for not being more up to up to snuff on yes. what what yeah. he was proposing or yeah. is that on him for directing it and they trusted him too much you blame all parties you you blame all parties of not realizing the direction of where the conference needs to go and not where they think it needs to go. Because everyone else, right now, because of those decisions the presidents and Larry Scott made, puts the conference in its situation right now. I'm trying to think, John, what, like, in a realistic, aggressive Pac-12 situation, what's, like, if they were actually going to try and expand and actually become what the Big Ten is right now and yeah. be aggressive and and try and go grab another school from another conference at the end of a TV deal and say, hey, we're we're going to be the ones that are going to establish ourselves. We're going to keep USC and UCLA here in on this coast in right. this conference, and we're going to add other schools in there. Like, who are who would you go and grab? Who are you trying to go court and say, hey, think of the value that we can establish if we bring you in? There is not a big name, uh, a school that you feel comfortable in that area in the whole this whole region of the of the country. Uh, it's Sa like Santa wouldn't it have to, State, wouldn't uh, have to be a Texas school. Um, you're looking at, uh, yeah, I mean, but that's again, you're getting closer to the other side of the country, right? You maybe you, I don't know what TCU, like what what are you, what are you trying to go grab after it? Like a, a TCU, but you, have you to add think, them to the south. Yeah, but you, again, you have to think too. Does it work geographically for for what it is you're trying to do? Because and, because USC and UCLA, great, two huge names, absolute uh, home run for the Big Ten. But as we've been looking at it for this nine months that that whole decision has been made, it's like, that's just nuts. Right, it is nuts. Their travel schedule, their students, their test taking, all of what they're trying it, to do, I think is going to be it, a, a big bust. It is nuts. However, that in, ter in terms of the, the conference stability, 
they're they're fine though which is the point they, right, they don't right. consider geography so in our experiment here we will also not totally consider geography i mean we're not going to go grab miami out of out of out okay of the then, ACC. then yeah tcu would be would be good i think I, I, baylor I, maybe baylor yeah baylor and tcu for example a, a start right grab a school out of the big 12 yeah. where you just add them to the southern division and you really you sort of cut it off but at, that's where you have to go another power five i don't know that there's any any mid-majors or any other no. schools in our region that would make BYU. sense. BYU. Outside of BYU, yeah. anyone else that would make sense on a level that the Pac-12 is. Because I, I, my first reaction to SMU and San Diego State, to you, was they're not worthy. And then your question is, well, who is worthy? And I'm, the answer is, I don't know. Right. Because that's in the our position. The country. That's the position that the Pac-12 has been left to. It's, it's not... Great that the fact that the Pac-12 is isolated here on the West Coast. Yeah. There is a whole swath of land between all these Pac-12 schools on the coast and all the and all the the metropolis in the 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 central and eastern time right. zone. Right. So they're at a disadvantage there. So the SEC and the ACC uh, can can interchange. Have all these schools just yeah. clumped There's right together. Tons of schools to choose from, and and then the Midwest isn't that far away. So exactly, it's just a little little farther north. It, yeah, it is. Uh, it it is disappointing, and it again, it is a disadvantage to the conference that they're sitting here uh, on the West Coast by themselves. But that's the sacrifice they would have to make. They would have to go stretch outside of their market to go grab a school that they like. So again, say TCU and BYU. Is that a start yeah. there? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to improve your football presence. I mean, yeah, that's I two good that football be, schools. That would be the best. Uh, you could do TCU and Baylor as well. Uh, like I said, TCU and Baylor, BYU and Baylor, BYU and TCU, any combination of those schools right. would work. What about academically? Are those uh, BYU, I guess, is eh. I don't know about TCU and Baylor I academically. Think I think they're up there. Yeah, I know Pac-12 to, like it, likes its academics. To the Pac-12 quality standard. I think they are. But, but as it is, we don't get those choices. They're no. not going to do it. So the no. choices are San Jose State, uh, UNLV, uh, San Diego State, Wyoming, um, SMU, which is out of the and out of the box. Like you said, it just doesn't move the needle. You don't get more money. You're uh, not going to get more money per school because you add SMU and San Diego well, State. Num- the the you know the number five media market's going to help to make a better deal, at least secure a deal. <laughs> I mean, right now I'm worried they might not get a deal at all for TV. But you know, there's there's plenty of TVs in uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area, so that would that helps there. I, I twenty eight San Diego, it it doesn't kill you, but it doesn't really help you big time. I think they will because that ESPN slot. I think they'll be okay for that. Now, what the the conference can cannot survive anybody else leaving. No, no, I don't, if schools, Washington and Oregon's gone, it's it's over. Well, that or the corner schools. You know, if they get uh, you know Colorado and and Utah to go. To the Big 12, which that talk came and went and then came back again and has gone. I think the 10 are staying. Yes. And if they, I honestly, if they can just wrap it up, keep the 10 that are staying, bring in, if it's going to be SMU and San Diego State, that's not horrible. That's not horrible. And you still get to go to, you know, Southern California. And, um, and then you're making a presence in Texas. Get some kind of a TV deal and just take a deep breath. But I would say get a shorter contract so that when things come up for the other networks and other deals, mm-hmm. you can maybe 
change your deal. You know, don't lock yourself into a, a, a bad deal just because there's nothing left right now. So five or six years or you uh, think yeah. shorter? Yeah, no, about five years. Yeah, five I think or five years. or six years is probably the sweet spot. Don't do what the ACC did. Don't do it. 20 years, don't do it. Yeah, that, don't is, do it. that is amazing. Don't do it. That's too long. Do you think Clemson's regretting it right now? Clemson would be in the SEC right now yeah. if they weren't locked in that yeah. deal. And then is that deal, the money go up uh, I don't as think so. the years moves along? I don't think so. Not not greatly. Wow. So Clemson could, by the end of that deal, could be uh, losing on average for what they could be making about $120 million a year. You know, the one thing in all of this is is that, um, you know, a network like ESPN, it relies on subscribers right. to cable networks and, and uh, the satellite networks, right. which are plummeting. Yeah. I mean, you know. Which is why they're trying to promote ESPN Plus now. Yeah, because. Hey, come on stream. They, they are plummeting. They're hemorrhaging people because they're cutting the cord and going to, to the streaming. So there may be something up with that. I don't know where they can project that they have enough money to pay these, these other contracts yeah. to the other conferences that far out. It's all hedging. That's all it is. They're, yeah. they're hedging in the future that they will be able to pay for it. And, so, I, and that's why in the slightest sliver of light through the Pac-12, it's like, hey, if all these TV networks are really hemorrhaging money because people are not buying cable subscriptions and watching network television anymore and more people are just hopping on Amazon yeah. to go watch their television, the Pac-12 network's like, hey, we're on a, uh, we're on a platform all by ourselves with 200 million subscribers. That's more than any cable network. Yep. I, uh, there can be something that the Pac-12 can go from worst to first, I think, by utilizing and becoming the new platform league. Yes. And get on an Amazon or have Amazon with Apple or have them compete with each other so you can get higher dollars. Right. And why not? I mean, every, it seems like everybody is has one form of a of another another platform of a streamer than than another. And why not if you make that stream available, which you do, ten bucks, whatever it is. I've got both Apple and Prime, and maybe a lot of people don't, but you can. It's a lot less than buying a, a full Dish Network deal, correct? To have a couple of streaming platforms, and why not? Oh, and remember everything else you get with your Amazon Prime subscription, like free shipping, free shipping, free and shipping, all that, and and television, the movies and the TV, yeah, and all free that. television I, and movies. And I like, think to me, that's my favorite. My favorite buy, yeah. is Prime. Second favorite is Apple. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, just for Ted Lasso. Essentially, uh, or no, some Apple's, other stuff. Apple's got great shows, great movies, um, really good series. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I like Apple TV a lot, and it works with a lot of what I have. And right, like a smart TV. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, Apple, the Apple platform is great. I love it. The so, one that I'm the least in love with right now is Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what they're especially with their pass, they've done the new thing with their password sharing. Yeah, and that's okay. I don't share. You, you don't have to worry uh, about that. I do, as someone who still yeah. who still mooches his Netflix password off his parents. Yeah, that, so that's, that's, that's for me. It doesn't affect me, but it me. does affect a lot of people. And I'm just, you know, I'm not wild about some of the shows that they have on there. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I just don't find myself watching it as often as I do Amazon. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, that's in, just for juggling around. Right. Ten bucks here, ten bucks there. I can knock that off. In conclusion, the Pac-12 could could get out ahead of this. They could. And they could hit an absolute home run with this, and the viewership is great, and people are big fans of it, and the availability is great. You're like, well, I'm I'm cutting the cord, and this is this is fantastic. And be pioneers, yeah, because there is no conference right now doing that, and they might not have a choice. They don't. That's what I was about to say. They um, they almost don't have a choice of of 
to get any to, kind of money. Correct. Because the what's left for ESPN would not would just be pennies compared to what the other conferences are getting. Right. Either they are pioneers or they get left behind. They can't just do the status quo anymore because they've been doing the status quo for too and long. And there's nothing left. Oh, we're not going to expand. Yeah. Oh, we're not going to uh, uh, we're not going to partner with the right uh, the right TV network to to promote our own network. We're not going to do the necessary things in football to better everything else in our conference, which right. is what every other conference does except the Pac-12. And then they get left behind, left in the dirt. Well, uh, go ahead and uh, check in on our poll. Like or do not like or don't. Like or don't like. Those are the two words or phrases to to text in. And that is like or don't like the addition or the possibility of the addition of SMU and San Diego State. And we'll we'll tell you the results of the poll coming up at the end of the program. All right, we'll break and come back and talk some football with Carter Baines and some baseball and basketball. Carter Baines from BeaverBlitz.com is coming up next. Ron Callen previewing women's basketball at 12.05 today, and then Mike Parker at this time next hour. Uh, your phone calls are always welcome as well when we're talking about things, 541-497-5356, and that's the same number for the, uh, the University of Honda text line. Right here on this Thursday afternoon, we'll have uh, uh, football coming up, uh, or I'm sorry, baseball tomorrow. So final show of the week on this Thursday morning, actually. All right, back after this on 1240 Joe Radio. This year, Valentine's Day is going to be even bigger at Qdoba. On February 14th, get a free entree with the purchase of another entree of equal or greater value. Show your kindness by buying an entree and gifting one to a friend. Plus, Qdoba is giving out other treats throughout the week to celebrate random acts of kindness week. Qdoba is making the world a more flavorful place. Are you? Complete your 2023 home project with Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center, now with new cedar decking in stock, as well as blue pine TG, shiplap pine, and S4S dimensional pine. Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center also has interior and exterior plywood, as well as domestic, exotic, and live-edge hardwood currently in stock. Complete your next interior or exterior project with help from Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center, conveniently located off of Highway 34 on Texas Street between Albany and Corvallis. Have you been putting off that home remodeling project? Have you decided that this is the year to get it done? For nearly 35 years, people in the Mid Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, window coverings, and wood and luxury vinyl flooring from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or at CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. Ah, the RV life. Carefree living at its best. Find everything you need for worry-free RV living at Lassen RV Parts and Service. At Lassen RV, you can talk to experts who will see to it that you have the right solution for your RV. We carry everything right down to the special RV-approved two-ply toilet paper. Lassen RV and Lassen RV Parts and Service, where friends send their friends. Just east of I-5 on Highway 20 in Albany and at LassenRV.com. 
Now's the time to get a great deal on a Kubota Z200 Series mower on display now at Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent. The Z200 Series mower features the new K-Ride comfort system and delivery, a quality cut, and an exceptional ride. You can get a Kubota Z200 Series mower for as low as $0 down and 0% interest APR for up to 36 months. Now, through March 31st, see Lynn Benton Tractor or go to KubotaUSA.com for a full disclaimer. Still doing business the American way. All right, continuing here on the Joe Beaver Show. We were originally thinking, you know, with, with uh, football spring practice just a couple of weeks away, I think it's March 7th, is that right? Three weeks. I think uh, it's about three weeks from yeah. right now. Three weeks. From Tuesday, probably, I think. And uh, it is a Tuesday. The Beavers are actually playing a baseball game that day. Oh, that's fun. And, Double duty. Yeah. So March 7th is uh, spring practice. We thought, well, let's get Carter on, talk a little football. But then Carter's been covering everything. Haven't you, Carter? You've been. You, I saw you at the basketball game a week ago. Yeah, it's a busy time of year. I, I feel like we we run into these crossover periods like two to three times a year where you have multiple sports going on at the same time across different seasons. You know, like when you get basketball and football at the same time, it's insanely hectic. But I, I still think the busiest month of the year is March, where you've got basketball finishing up. Yeah baseball starting conference play and then spring football. Um, there's, there's very little sleep to be had and, and a lot of work throughout the day. Is that also your highest time for people on the website, beaverblitz.com? Yeah, it's, it's gotta be one of them. I mean, it's, it's fun to see how things pick up that time of year, because it, especially now, you know, I, I think there's so much anticipation around the football program. Like I've never seen this many people, be so excited to go to a spring game before at Oregon State. So I, I think the anticipation for spring football is at an all-time high. And then, of course, baseball you know, always always wakes people up uh, after, unfortunately, the, the doldrums of winter that, that have been with right. the, the basketball programs the last couple of years. Carter Baines, BeaverBlitz.com, joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show. Uh, the spring game this year is at uh, Reeser Stadium. I can't remember the date, but it is in April. They'll t- go two weeks and then take two weeks off and then finish with two weeks. And it'll be like every anything else, free to get there and, you know, go in and sit on the one side. But I think you're right, Carter. This this one will be heavily attended to see some guys and not just DJ Ui Ungalale. Yeah, April 22nd off the top of my head. It's, it's 22nd or 23rd, but I think it's 22nd. Um, no, it's a, a, a spring game that, that actually does have a lot of anticipation, namely because DJ Oyongo Ray will, you know, presumably be under center uh, that day. It's it's interesting because you know Oregon State traditionally doesn't really play like a, a spring game, so to speak. It's oftentimes uh, really just a glorified practice with some scrimmage periods in there. But um, I, I think we're at the point now where this fan base is just craving more football. It's like they don't they don't care if it's a, a scrimmage or if they're just watching guys go through drills. Uh, the excitement around the program is is such that they just want to see this team on the field, regardless of what they're doing. So I, I expect a pretty good turnout. Obviously, Breezer will be close to completion at that point. Um, fans, I, I assume, will will still be limited to the east side, but. Uh, you'll have a pretty good idea of what that West Side's going to look like when, when fans get in there in April. Uh, with that being set to complete, still in, in June to early July. Yeah, yeah. Carter Baines joining us. Carter, I, I want to continue the conversation we had before we went to break and, and brought you on here. 
I uh, want to get your thoughts a little bit on on the, the the rumors that have been coming about the conference and the media rights deal. It's right now. It looks like SMU and San Diego State uh, for you who grew up in the fact in the Pac-12 uh, footprint and has seen this whole process really play along. I mean, are those two teams something that moves the needle for you? Yeah. Look, I mean, I, they're not the big programs that I think the Pac-12 could have been in the market for had they gotten out in front of this, you know, a year or two ago, um, you, you know, I think if the Pac-12 is on the cutting edge, you know, potentially that's when you talk about it going in and poaching some of the Big 12 programs, you know, playing offense rather than, than playing defense and really just trying to stay alive. But I think at this point, you know, from an Oregon State perspective, like you just you need to get a deal done. You got to ensure that you're going to be in the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 is going to be viable long term. And I think that's kind of what this would do. I think SMU and, and San Diego State, while they're not massive programs, they're not going to bring a ton to the table, um, they're going to get a media rights deal done, you know, and, and, and they're going to help you do that soon because really what the Pac-12, I think, is trying to do here is, is just get as many games as possible that it can sell, um, you know, stay in uh, kind of that mountain to, to central time zone and expand a little bit. And, you know, I, I think really more than anything, it just helps you get a media rights deal done soon. Um, and then potentially down the line, you talk about adding bigger programs. But I, I do think, too, that there's a lot of potential there with, with these two. I mean, San Diego State has been a very respectable Mountain West program for quite some time. SMU's facilities, uh, its donors, you know, it has the potential to really build up and thrive in a bigger conference. So I, I think the Pac-12 with those two programs, you know, playing the short game and that it helps them accomplish their media rights goal uh, on, on the sooner side, but also playing the long game a little bit, uh, targeting programs that I think can develop to the caliber of, of program that you see now in the Pac-12. You know, they have a lot of work to do, uh, but I think the foundations and the resources that those two universities have, I think it, you know, it could work out in the long term more than, you know, if you were to target a Boise State or a Fresno State. If you're playing offense, then if you were to go back a couple of years, who would you look at? Yeah, you know, I think the Oklahoma schools uh, potentially, or, uh, or sorry, no, the Kansas schools, obviously Oklahoma's going to the, the SEC. Uh, I, I like the the prospect of adding the Kansas schools because, you know, Kansas, obviously, the basketball powerhouse, and then Kansas State uh, has been very solid to, you know, highly competitive in football for quite some time. So I think, you know, getting those schools to come out west uh, would be ideal. It's tough because with the Pac-12's perspective on you know private schools and religious affiliation in the past, you know it's hard to say go into Texas and get a Baylor or a TCU, which I think would potentially be even more attractive than the Kansas schools. Uh, but I think those Kansas schools, just from a you know the, the kind of university that the Pac-12 has let in in the past, I think that kind of more fits that profile. And, and obviously, they bring some good sports there too. So. Um, you know, those two in, in hindsight would have been nice to get, but obviously, you know, conference realignment's always a, uh, it, it's always moving. And so, you know, five, six, seven, eight years down the line, maybe we're talking about that being back on the table. Who knows? Carter Baines joining us from beaverblitz.com here on the program. Now, D, uh, TJ and I were discussing a little bit yesterday and, and today about the deal, the Pac 12 deal, and getting lost and being left behind because, uh, how somebody just didn't do what they were supposed to do to get in front. And now it feels like the Pac-12 is kind of scrambling. 
would you, and then to another extent, have you heard any chatter, seen chatter on your, your uh, beaverblitz.com message boards, except if they were pioneering and went platform to, uh, I should say, streaming with a part, at least part of the deal to make sure they can get some notoriety, but certainly some money like the other conferences? Yeah, I think, you know, from everything that uh, that those on the front lines of this, John Milner, John Pizzano, have, have reported, you know, it sounds like streaming is going to be part of this. Um, the, the reaction from the Oregon State fan base, at least, you know, that I've seen firsthand at Beaver Blitz to that is is generally positive. You know, I think most people have uh, started to cut the cord and, you know, it's obviously difficult with the Pac-12 network being what it is. It's you know, so hard to get that on your TV. Um, you know, there are some out there that have that, but obviously, you know, everybody has Amazon Prime at this point. So if the Pac-12 partners with Prime Video, like that's going to be pretty easily accessible. Apple TV, again, um, that's another highly accessible one to, to most out there. So I think, you know, the accessibility factor isn't so much of a concern. It's just, you know, does that get the Pac-12 on TVs outside of the Pac-12 footprint? Maybe not right away, but I think as things progress and you start to see more conferences and more sports start to lean towards streaming, obviously the NFL got out on the, the front edge of that this year uh, with their Thursday night games on Prime. You know, I think then you start to see that kind of catch on. Um, so maybe, again, an example of the Pac-12 playing the long game a little bit with streaming. Um, but, you know, with that market being so new, it's it, it'll be interesting to see if the Pac-12 does go that route, what does the payout look like? Because, you know, the, the payout now could look a lot different than it does five years or five years from now when more and more people are, uh, you know, are, are, are tuning into those streaming services. Right. So, it's it, you know, it's interesting because I think it's it's a necessity to, to do something different. Um, but also, you know, if you're the first one in and it's only worth so much now, uh, it would be kind of a bummer to see other conferences capitalize on um, that move that you made early. So, you know, there are so many moving factors and, and so many moving parts in this thing that I, I think have, you know, kind of contributed to the reason it's taken so long. Um, but at this point, you know, we've just reached a point where the Pac-12 needs to get something done because, you know, I think there's a decent amount of panic out there from uh, from the fan bases and you don't necessarily know if that translates to the schools, but... Um, it, it feels like we're we're nearing on desperation mode now. Have you heard anything um, as to why the conference has not made the Pac-12 network available for five or ten bucks, whatever they would charge, on stream? You can do a few things, but you can't get the actual network all a cart if you have an Apple TV or a Roku device. And the second part of the question or comment would be to the earlier part of your your answer, and it, and it also kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with why is the Pac-12 not offering it a la carte, is that with the Apple TVs and the, and the Rokus and the Fire Sticks, it seems like everybody has that. So if, if they do, you, can, you just pay for the monthly service for whatever platform picks up the conference. In other words, making the change, to me, seems less difficult uh, infrastructure-wise than it does as far as just uh, notoriety of being on a cable or a satellite system. Right, yeah. You know, I am pretty curious to see what happens to the Pac-12 if 
for the, to the Pac-12 network if the conference goes a streaming route because you, you think about what like, the Big 12 has done with ESPN+. Plus. You know, all of their games are streamable. You can go back and watch them on demand. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that the Pac-12 doesn't really have right now is that on-demand ability. You're basically at the mercy of whatever Pac-12 football and 60 is on, yeah. you know, your channel on cable that day if you want to go back and watch things. I think moving to streaming gives you the, the flexibility to cut out some of your studio shows if you wanted um, and focus more on, you know, the on-demand content and making sure every single one of your games is visible live and on replay. I think that's an advantage that comes with it. But then, you know, there's really not, there's no way for the Pac-12 network as it exists now to kind of replicate what it provides. Yeah. Hmm. This 24-hour feed of the Pac-12 network, you're going to have scheduled games, maybe a scheduled show or two, uh, but not this like scheduled replay that you have now. So, yeah, I, I don't know what the Pac-12 network looks like in a streaming world, um, but I think it would definitely look different. Okay, let's switch gears. We only have a couple of minutes left. Have you been down here, covered anything to know how the guys that came out early to Oregon State in January are doing leading up to spring? There's there's a number of guys, from what I understand, football-wise. Yeah, there's there's quite a few. Um, obviously, you have you know your early enrollees from the high school side. Aiden Childs moved in very early in January, um, and, and a couple of a couple of those other early enrollees too. But the transfers, of course, got in there in January as well. We actually um, we we heard at, at Beaver Blitz that DJ Uyongalale almost immediately upon moving into uh, to Cool Courthouse was on the practice field working with receivers. So. Um, I, I think that's one of the benefits now of, of the transfer portal and and kind of this new wave of early enrollees that you're seeing is is guys have an opportunity to build connections that on the practice field months before spring camp even hits. Um, so I think that kind of eases the transition for a guy like DJ who obviously has to learn a new playbook and, and has to you know learn a new scheme. Uh, he has a chance to do that now, obviously unstructured. You know, there's there's limits to the amount of contact you can have with coaches right now, um, but just anything you can do to to get on campus, familiarize yourself with your new surroundings, you know, your team, your facilities, uh, that goes a long way. So the fact that all the transfers and, and I mean, shoot, almost half of this, uh, half of the high school class alone got in in January. That I, I think that helps quite a bit. Carter Baines joining us. When when we go to spring practice about three weeks from now, outside of the quarterbacks, what position group are you going to pay closest attention to? I, I think the secondary. Um, you know, for as strong as it was last year, there's a couple of jobs open, and I'm you know I'm curious how guys like Jaden Robinson or Skylar Thomas step into those roles. Uh, but that's a position where I'm a little bit concerned about depth right now, which feels funny to say again, just because of, you know, how high of a level they produced that in, in 2022. But, um, you know, I think there are some questions about the depth now and, and seeing how guys step into roles. I'm curious to see how that looks. Um, but then also, you know, obviously I, I think I just want to see how the quarterbacks uh, gel and, and does DJ step in right away and, and, you know, show something that we haven't seen in a long time. What does Aiden Child look like as a freshman? Um, you know, obviously the, the quarterback position, like you just said, is is always one that, that gets a lot of scrutiny. 
One more that I would watch for is, is linebacker, just obviously with the departures of Omar Spade, Terry Fisher Morris. Uh, you know, that's a position where you're replacing both of your starters and, and you've got a newcomer uh, in Mason Tufanga coming in. How does he look as a transfer who didn't see the field at Utah? Um, yeah, the, the back end, the middle and back end of the defense, I, I think, is is pretty intriguing to me this, this spring. Which is funny because if we were to look at last year's defense, I mean, the concerns were more on the defensive line instead of the guys behind him. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, it's, it's completely flipped. But that's. I mean, that's how it works. You know, usually your your strongest position groups are the ones that have the veterans or the draft prospects who are going to be moving on very soon. And and that's why it's so important to get out on the front end of of recruiting. You know, I think Oregon State recognized that its receiver room was going to be pretty thin this year, last year, and sure enough, Oregon State goes out and signs four high school prospects. Um, so, you know, that's why you've always got to be thinking a year or two ahead in recruiting because, you know, your strongest position now might not seem like you need to add a whole lot of talent to it, uh, but what's going to happen when those guys all move on? I would not want to be in that position of having to coordinate all that. That would be that would be a lot of pressure. It's a headache. <laughs> Carter, thanks. we got to go. That's why they um, get paid the big bucks, Yeah, right? that's right. That's right. And we get what we get. Hey, great stuff. <laughs> Say hi to Angie for us. Thanks for everything you do. And, uh... Have a good weekend. Yep, sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, that's Carter Baines from BeaverBlitz.com. We've got to take a break. Come back right after this, 1240 Joe Radio. Spring will be here before you know it. Gear up now with huge savings throughout the store at Coastal. Coastal Farm and Ranch, with just what the country We've all felt that slight shift in the weather. Spring is on the way. Right now, you'll find everything you need to gear up for spring at Coastal, including these amazing offers. Buy one, get one 50% off on all women's jeans, including Dovetail, Miss Me, Ariad, Wrangler, and more. Excludes Carhartt, discount taken on lower-priced items. Plus, take 20% off all Danner footwear. You'll find Coastal springtime savings on chicken feed, pellet grills, assorted bare root trees, as well as yard and garden supplies, tools, livestock feed and gear, as well as pet supplies. It's one of our biggest springtime sales ever at Coastal. Shop now in-store or online and check out the sales flyer at CoastalCountry.com. Coastal Farm and Ranch, with just what the country needs. Locally in Albany, Salem, and Corvallis. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. At family-owned and operated Lifetime Gutters, they have over 20 years of experience in providing exceptional gutter services to a wide range of commercial and residential properties in the Willamette Valley, including gutter installation, cleaning, maintenance, and moss treatment. At Lifetime Gutters, they set the standard in guaranteed quality craftsmanship and back it with a lifetime warranty. To learn more or request a quote, contact Lifetime Gutters today at 541-360-0145 or visit their website at lifetime-gutters.com. What happens when you're voted the best new car dealership and the best used car dealership in the Mid-Willamette Valley? Do you gloat about it? Or do you just simply say the complete redesigned CRV, HRV, Civic, Pilot, and Accords are now at Power Honda in Albany off of San Diem Highway for you to take a test drive? I think you do both. And for more information, go to mypowerhonda.com. 
That's MyPowerHonda.com. Hi, Beaver Nation. This is Damian Martinez, all-conference running back and packed up offensive freshman of the year. Damian stays on his feet, turns the corner. Damnation Collective, the preferred collective of Oregon State Athletics, is a one-stop shop for all OSU student-athletes and teams to create, optimize, and promote their brand, their name, image, and likeness opportunities. Visit DamnationCollective.com to commit. Go Beavs. Picking his way into the end zone, up the middle, Damian Martinez. Touchdown, Beavers. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go be. All right, it is uh, closing up shop here on this hour. We do need to get one more short break in here in just a minute. But Carter was great. Wow, he's so good. And Angie is so good. Beaverblitz.com does a tremendous job. Give a good shout-out for them. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think of the Kansas schools. Which makes they, sense. I remember when they were there, they were they were being thrown around as possibilities. Right. And the, uh, that was a while ago, though. The way we, we think about it, and he brought up a point that I read about that I totally forgot about is the Pac-12 not really chasing after uh, A, private, B, religious universities, which TCU and Baylor are both. But why? I mean, what's is there I, restrictions? As I, long as you're a viable school I, with the right uh, academics? Good question. I'm not. I something I don't know the answer to. But yeah. if it's to keep along the lines of how the conference has operated, the Kansas schools make sense. And Kansas is right next right next to Colorado. Is it right next to Colorado? Uh, Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is right next to Colorado. Yeah. So kind of in the Pac-12 South footprint. Yeah. Kind I, of. I and that would make sense. And it would be great for your basketball brand, by the I way. But I don't know that they're do- – I don't think they're doing it. I, don't, I think they've let go of that. No. They're well, they can't. focusing now. It was in an, an aggressive mindset before the Big 12 actually secured a new TV deal. Dave writes in to say, um, not sure that I would even go five years when we were talking earlier about uh-huh. how long you would make a contract so you could maybe better it when other contracts came to an end. And if they can go from the current 10 to 14 to 16 teams, mm. then we would be in a better potential situation, Dave says. When you look at the availability of schools, Fresno State, BYU, San Diego State, TCU, Wyoming, and San Jose State. Well, BYU's already committed to the Big 12. And TCU's also committed to the Big 12. Right, so they're they're not going to go anywhere. Now, Wyoming and San Jose State are in their conference, respectively, the Mountain West, but they're, they they don't move the needle for me. Now, San Jose being in that, that Bay Area market, but that's covered by Cal and Stanford. Uh, yeah, which they already struggled to, <laughs> to right. draw and get people to watch them on TV. Well, that, no, but I mean, for as far as getting into a right, market for right, recruiting. Right, so right, we already correct. go to Cal, we go to Stanford. Right. Um, well, I'd make the Beavers road trip this year. <laughs> yeah. A back to old trip. Yeah, yeah. So, no, uh, Dave. Uh, I, that does not move the needle no, for me. That, that, that essentially work. That waters down the conference and it moves you the needle closer to the Mountain West. Exactly. Just about you stole it. <laughs> I was just about to say it moves you further and further to be more like a Mountain West conference than a Power Five. You got to hope Oregon and, and Washington stay right and, here. And I'll say this: that the Mountain West with Wyoming and Colorado State and San Jose State and San Diego State, that's not a bad conference. No. I give all respect to that conference. It's a better basketball conference than the Pac-12 yeah, has right yeah, now. That I absolutely give more respect to that conference. But even in football, but not 
it's not to the level of, of the Pac-12, the Power Fives. It's just not. There is a difference there. But all due respect to that conference, no doubt. Got a break. Get these uh, spots in here because we thank our sponsors here on, uh, on the program. Be right back. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glass Man. Let me fix the crack in your glass. For windshield repair, call me first. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. What happens when you're voted the best new car dealership and the best used car dealership in the Mid-Willamette Valley? Do you gloat about it? Or do you just simply say the complete redesigned CRV, HRV, Civic, Pilot, and Accords are now at Power Honda in Albany off of San Diem Highway for you to take a test drive? I think you do both. And for more information, go to MyPowerHonda.com. That's MyPowerHonda.com. Hey everyone, if you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon, the best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. Tired of the same old menu from restaurant to restaurant? The Growler Cafe in Lebanon has created a welcoming spot for all ages with a scratch menu, comforting atmosphere, and hand-selected craft beer and ciders. Their attention to detail from the penny floor to the delicious Canadian bacon is spot on. Be sure to check them out for lunch or dinner Tuesday through Saturday and brunch on Sunday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. You won't be disappointed. All right, TJ, we've got uh, one hour down. That was fun. Good mm-hmm. conversation. And coming up, Ron Callen will preview women's basketball trip to uh, Washington this week and uh, men's basketball tonight in Pullman and the workout yesterday in Spokane. And Mike Parker will join us at 1230. Ron Callen next after the break. It is uh, 12 o'clock. Look at that. I was, I was off by a minute. Okay, that's what I thought. I'm looking at my Man. computer and I see 58. No, John. I'm glad that you didn't say anything. Good. But I was wow. going to say it. Let me play the music so I can You're good. remind myself. All right, well, do you have you, a minute's worth of uh, I know Beaver Nation content? watches the women's team a little bit closer <laughs> than I do. It, but, man, what a tough go. I mean, we can. Yeah. they've lost six in a row and talk about it with Ron. Uh, their, eight of their 11 conference losses are to top 30 net teams. And close USC, losses, except for LSU. Or, or, sorry, seven of 11 losses. So USC twice, UCLA, Arizona, Stanford, Utah, Colorado. And five of those losses are by one to two possessions. Yep. Off brutal. brutal. It's brutal. But they're right there. And, right uh, there. That leaves the door open in the tournament. Well, they've got, a, got some work to do. We'll see what happens. We'll talk to Ron Callen coming up. Here in just a little bit. Now we are at 12 o'clock. Roll tape, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe 
Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with your money now. Tesla today launched a recall of more than 360,000 vehicles in connection with the EV maker's self-driving software, saying it can increase the risk of crashes. Federal regulators said Tesla's full self-driving beta software meant for urban driving may increase the risk of crashes by allowing vehicles to exceed speed limits or travel through intersections in an unlawful or unpredictable manner. The recall covers various Tesla EVs from model years 2016 through 23. Shares of Tesla are down 1.3%. Stocks are in the red overall. The S&P 500 down just 16 points. The Dow Jones Industrials lower by 125. The Nasdaq Composite has dipped 55. Clutch Sports Group founder Rich Paul says he has a sportswear brand with New Balance debuting in the spring. The first collection in the new brand, Clutch Athletics, features training apparel for men, women, and youth athletes. U.S. oil futures slip today. March crude down 10 cents. That's your money now. They say they'll get your biggest tax refund. Jackson Hewitt says your biggest tax refund guaranteed and a chance to double your tax refund. Thousands in weekly prizes during the Double Your Refund sweepstakes. Your biggest refund times two, twice the money. So forget about them. File your taxes on the double at Jackson Hewitt today. No purchase necessary to enter or win. Open to U.S. residents 18 or older who file a 2022 federal tax return. Promotion ends 4 Visit jacksonhewitt.com for rules. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. <sighs> For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS right Spring will be here before you know it. Gear up now with huge savings throughout the store at Coastal. Coastal Farm and Ranch, with just what the country needs. We've all felt that slight shift in the weather. Spring is on the way. Right now you'll find everything you need to gear up for spring at Coastal, including these amazing offers. Buy one, get one 50% off on all women's jeans, including Dovetail, Miss Me, Ariad, Wrangler, and more. Excludes Carhartt, discount taken on lower-priced items. Plus take 20% off all Danner footwear. You'll find Coastal Springtime Savings on Chicken Feed, Pellet Grills, Assorted Bare Root Trees, as well as Yard and Garden Supplies, Tools, Livestock Feed and Gear, as well as Pet Supplies. It's one of our biggest springtime sales ever at Coastal. Shop now in-store or online and check out the sales flyer at CoastalCountry.com. Coastal Farm and Ranch, the just what the country needs. Locally in Albany, Salem, and Corvallis. Ensure your vehicle is ready for any road conditions at Beggs Tire and Wheel in Albany. The Beggs Philoma store has closed, but the Albany Beggs Tire and Wheel location is open to serve all of their valued Philoma area customers and the rest of the Mid-Valley. Beggs in Albany looks forward to serving you and keeping you safe on the road. Get your tires, wheels, tire services, and repairs at Beggs Tire and Wheel, the Valley's premier source for Cooper, Falcon, BF Goodrich, and Toyo brand tires on Pacific Boulevard in Albany and online at BeggsTire.com. I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, with another golf minute to help you play better in the wind. When playing into the wind, try and reduce the ball's spin as much as possible to create a lower, more penetrating ball flight. The higher the ball spin rate, the higher its trajectory and the more susceptible it is to the wind. To decrease the spin, play the ball slightly behind its normal position with your weight favoring your left side. Take at least one more club, you hear me, and make a three-quarter length backswing, swinging at a nice, easy tempo. Match your swing shape to the trajectory you want to hit the shot. 
Many golfers try and hit a knockdown shot, for example, with a steep swing hitting down on the ball, which creates more backspin. Imagine a ladder in front of you. Try and swing through the rung of the ladder you'd like to hit your ball through. To keep the ball low, swing into the lower rung. So remember, reduce the ball spin rate to keep it down in the wind. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. Denise, would you kindly clear the wheels? Okay, here we go. On three. One, two. Tweets and texts, faces and books. Tweets and texts and faces and books. Seems like it's more about FM and color TV. In such an age as this, is there any room left for something as simple as radio? We believe there is. Touchdown, Beaver! He's got a chance to go! Joe Beaver Show is on the air with Mike Parker and John Warren, two men on a mission to prove that AM radio is a viable and modern source for news and entertainment. So gather the whole family. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you don't have one, fret not. I'll have the management send you up a radio. Be a part of the triumphant return of amplitude modulation. This is the big one, boys. This is the one that brings us back. Soon, AM radio will reign king once more. <laughs> it's the Joe Beaver Show on the home of the beavers. Cool, cool beef, beef. Kill me! 1240 Joe Radio. That was uh, TJ from 2011. Where were you in 2011? Uh, eighth grade? Eighth no, grade? seventh grade. Well, it depends which part of 2011. The 2011 yeah, fall? Fall of 2011. Uh, eighth grade. That's How does that make back. you feel? <laughs> oh, as old as I am. Salmon Bay, my final year at Salmon Bay uh, K through 8. Salmon Bay K through 8. Right. What were you, were you an in-your-face little smart alecky? Oh, I was a pile of crap. Kid in, in eighth grade, like you knew it all? That was a disaster in eighth grade. <laughs> Were you into sports? Yeah. No, I was still as did, big of an M's fan as possible. Did you play a lot in the driveway would, or in the street? I was, at that point, still all baseball. I think that was my last year I played soccer as well. Yeah. Well, that was exhausting. But with your friends, not organized sports, would you play that? We would sit in front of the television uh, and drink as many energy drinks as we possibly could while playing Call of Duty until like 3 in the morning. Yeah. That, I remember once I right. drank about two energy drinks uh 
into like to about 2 a.m. to the point where my arm is like shaking yeah, like this. Yeah, that's not good. It, it, it was not good. I, I don't really good. don't recommend that to any eighth grader that's listening to the show. Uh, just yeah. one energy drink is good enough. The voice of everything, Ron Callen, joins us just down the road. <laughs> Do you remember, Ron, and this, this spurs my memory because the last couple of days when I've gone home, there's one house in the neighborhood where the, the boys – uh, come out and there's about a group of them and they play sports in the, in the road. Like we used to back in the day where they'll use stuff for, for second base and third base and stuff in the road and then yell car. when then when I come by or whatever, and then go back and play, uh, you just don't see that very often anymore. No, you don't. And I grew up in a great neighborhood in uh, Napa, California. My driveway was the basketball driveway. Uh, and then, you know, it was a neighborhood called Coventry Manor, and we had a nice straight street in front of our part of that uh, development. And baseball, uh, football, and then when I was in fifth grade, a family moved in next door right off the boat from Italy. All of a sudden, I was playing soccer, too. Ah, <laughs> ah nice. So, I mean, it was, a, and we played, uh, you know, where you put the, the bat, I think it's called 500, you put the yeah. bat down on the street. Yeah. And you try to roll it and hit the bat, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we spent hours. <laughs> we we were just gone all day playing sports or climbing up into the hills behind our house yep. and looking for, uh, you know, we, back in those days it was uh, Native American arrowheads that we found and things like that. We and played Army, you know, me and my neighbors, you know. Yep. And we had a good, we had a 4th of July party. They blocked off the street and, uh, you know, um, it was uh, a great mm-hmm. way to grow up, but uh, playing sports outside, I think it is a dying art in neighborhoods. It I don't is. see much of it anymore. Well, that's why it's, it shook me when I see it in my neighborhood. Yeah, it's great, and I remember it in, in front of my house. So we lived on a hill, so basketball wasn't really possible, but we did manage to make like a, a faux baseball field in our front yard. <laughs> Some really weird rules, but yeah, we you couldn't, and it helped. We also lived across from a school too, so it was easy enough to go to their big field and, and do things. Oh, we played wiffle ball like twice a week. It was uh, it was a some fantastic stuff. Yeah, that was the best. And I know Ron, you're a little bit you're a lot closer to my time period than TJ, but those were good times. And <laughs> yeah, so seeing my yeah. neighbors out there, I just I, I want to applaud them. But you know, they're little kids. You're making faces at me when I drive by, so I'm not going to talk to them. But inside, I'm <laughs> hey, thinking, well, I remember, good kids. I remember one more thing. I remember uh, you know, my dad owned two service stations when I was a kid growing up, so I learned how to pump gas and, and change oil when I was really young. But he had at the 276 Union Station 76 balls you put on the antenna. Yeah. We would, we would take those and tape them, and they made excellent like, you know, soft baseballs for playing. Ba- oh, we had our own yeah. field set up like DJ did. I mean, that was so much fun. Oh, yeah. No, that's great times. Well, okay. All that to say, let's transition into where you are now. Are you in Seattle for tomorrow night's game right now? I will be. Right now I'm uh, at exit 243, the rest stop southbound I-5 before you get to Corvallis. We leave this afternoon around 3 o'clock. We'll go to Eugene, fly to Seattle. And get ready for the game tomorrow night. A huge game for the women's basketball team because I don't know, guys. This has been a bizarre season where so many games that they lost, they just slipped away. Yeah, they're so close. I mean, the game Sunday at USC that's tied 55-55. They've got the ball 3.8 seconds to go, uh, and it ends up in the hands of uh, AJ Murat deep in the left corner, and she had a shot to win it. It hits the rim. It doesn't go in, so they go to overtime and end up losing. 
just another tough loss, but they, you know, I got to give them credit for, for the adversity that they faced this year. They are sticking together. They're so close, and I think they'll be full speed. That we didn't, uh, the, the Beavs didn't have to leave on Olhoffen uh, on Sunday, but she should be ready to go against the Huskies tomorrow night. I think it's incredible, Ron, that despite, you know, they're, they're only 3-11 and in conference, they're still top 55 net overall. I mean, that's not even, yeah. that's, uh, it, they're not going to make the tournament, the NCAA tournament right now, but if you're looking at a bubble resume, I mean, that's not even that far out. No, I not. I think it's the the record that they'll look at and go, oh, 11-14, oh, yeah, 3-11. Yeah. But uh, if you are an opponent in the conference when it gets to Vegas, uh, you know, March 1st on that Wednesday when they'll play. Nobody's going to want to play the Beavers. I guarantee it, just because they know how close they are. Stanford knows that they took them to the last second. Yeah. USC overtime. Utah overtime. Uh, you know, uh, the UCLA, they split with UCLA. They split with the Ducks. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see where their seeding is. Now, if they're an 8 or a 9 at that tournament, they probably got to play Stanford the second game. Yeah, but if they're a 10 or an 11, they could, you know, potentially make some noise in Las Vegas. They've got four games to go. They could be 7 and 11, or they could be worse than that. But uh, let's see what happens against the Huskies. A team, it was one of the few games this year where a team came into Gill and just went crazy. They shot like 73% in the first quarter against the Bees and never looked back. The Bees remember that. And then the game against the Cougs. You know, they'll play them Sunday at noon. Um, that was very close. So I've been fascinated by this team. It's been tough to call. What what have they lost now in a row? Like Six. seven or eight in a row, right? Six. Yeah, yeah. eight. So it's it's tough. It's tough, you know, because, uh, I mean, you try to stay positive because there's no reason not to because, I mean, they're playing so hard. I know it's frustrating for the coaching staff. Uh, Scott picked up uh, another technical on the second of the season, uh, you know, because I, it doesn't seem like these can get a break on some calls, but that's just basketball, right? It happens. And uh, it's the passion of Scott. He even said, you know, in the post game, I hate losing. I just hate losing. Yeah. And, but we're so close. And the thing that's great is this team is together. In fact, I don't know if you know, but you've heard about the Beavers Without Borders project that school has. Leavon Allhoffen, Tamia Gardner, and Reagan Beers are all going to Panama this summer together uh, to work on projects down there to help help the locals down there. So this team's together, yeah. and I, I think you know who knows what's going to happen. We know Ben Duyani's in her last year of eligibility; she'll be gone. Other than that, I, you know, I, I know Selexis Aaron has another year, so we'll see. You know what what Scott Ruick comes up with because this world's a crazy world when you've got portals going on and right. battles for NIL. I mean, it's just such a changing, uh, you know, way you look at things and how, how you, you come up with ways to, uh, uh, to recruit, right? You well, want, you want to recruit somebody who's not going to be there a year and say, Hey, later, because there was a player on USC who had played at like Baylor and at Minnesota and, uh, you know, at USC. So three different colleges, you know, I mean, it's just interesting. It is a tough time in that respect, and you want to stay away from that, although Oregon State is is benefiting from it with Ben Duyaney, who's been in a number of schools. Right. But it, in a way, she's coming home. So I don't mm-hmm. I, I don't put the bounce around 
on her as much as I would like the USC player you're talking about and others. So along those lines, though, how are the younger players like Beers and Gardner doing and Von Olhoffen with some of these losses? See, you don't you hope they don't get you, you, you just I hate to be in this position, but you hope as a coach or a fan or whatever that you don't that the kids don't lose sight and they just say, well, mm-hmm. it's not working here. I'm just going to go, you know. So through these not nine out of the last the last eleven games that are losses, how are they holding up? You know, I, I think they're holding up well. Uh, Reagan Beers, let's start with her. I mean, Sunday against the Trojans, they had a couple of excellent athletic bigs. She was a warrior, 18 points, 16 rebounds, her 11th double-double, you know. And so she's, I mean, she's, she loves Oregon State. And all of these, all of these freshmen, you know what they love? They love going to an arena where the fans are passionate, and they turn out in numbers. The mm-hmm. Bees have averaged 4,300 for all the whole games this year, which I think third in the Pac-12. At the game Sunday, and I know the, the Super Bowl is being played Sunday, mm-hmm. but USC, in this massive, I mean, millions of people within 10 miles of uh, Dave, the Galen Center, they had 674 people. Mm. And the game was at noon. The kickoff of the Super Bowl was 330. Yeah. So no excuses. You know, they have a pretty good team this year probably one of their best teams in a long time. And so we just kind of shook our heads. I, I had the pleasure to invite to do the broadcast with the Ali Gibson, you know, who was part of that very first Pac-12 championship team for Scott Lewis back mm-hmm. in the 2014-2015 season. And, and we had a blast, but we were just like, you know, there were probably 100 Beaver fans and 574 Trojan fans in that, oh, wow. in that arena. And, you know, it was just... I mean, it, I, I don't know what to say. I don't want to criticize it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll criticize not the players. It's not their fault. It's the fans at USC. And the other thing, guys, real quick, USC and UCLA. I just, I know, I know, I know people from both schools who work the games, whether they're the announcers or they're working the scores table. Right. Or, you know, there's there are people who sit in the stands. I walked around each arena, and I didn't do it as much Sunday, but on Saturday at UCLA. All of the people who work for the Bruins that I talk to, and I won't throw them under the bus and say who they were. Right. They don't want. They don't want to leave the Pac-12. Uh, I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. You're, you're none confirming of them, none that. of them to a person. Same with USC. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. I talked to you. I probably talked to five people there. I probably talked to twelve at USC, and that's not you know the whole entire campus and the attitude, but people who are in the know, who work in the trenches, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who are there every game. They don't want. They they want to keep the tradition going. I mean, it was the ninety first time the women played USC. Wow. I mean, excuse me, UCLA. I mean, that's that's a history, and that goes back generations. And all of a sudden, it's over for them. Hey, you know, they're going to get a lot of money. One one guy said, "Hey, maybe I'll get a big raise." <laughs> all the money. <laughs> no, Wait, no, no. See, that's just it. Administrators <laughs> and football coaches will. Yeah, the the, it's the, <laughs> right. the the working class, if you will. The SIDs and the the scorekeepers right. and the janitors—they're not going to see any raise, but they're going to have to. No. As far as the SIDs and managers and trainers are, they're going to have to do all this crazy travel and go January trip to Rutgers. And go to Rutgers <laughs> for for you know for Fun, right? two games and yeah. turn around and come home. No, I I think it's going to be horrible. Um, it's just a matter of how long does it take players and support personnel to make enough noise. To where it comes mm-hmm. out that it was that they'll say, yeah, we shouldn't have done this. 
Probably never. We'll probably never hear them say, eh, we probably shouldn't have done this. Certainly yeah, USC. You know, that, 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 I, I agree. I agree, John. And, uh, you know, we walked by the UCLA football truck. And we were thinking, boy, that's going to put a, they're going to put a lot of miles oh, on that truck. Yeah. Oh, going man. back and forth. So I, I, I'm envisioning them moving that truck to like Ohio. Yeah. 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 Or maybe maybe right? they'll start trucks. doing plays. Yeah. Have enough money to have two trucks. You can't. Yeah, I was going to say you you would need an eastern truck and a western truck. There's no way that truck could get across the country in a week. So they'd have the to gear. pay double for yeah. all the gear that they move. Right. Huh. Right. That's yep. just well, crazy. You know, it's just. To me, it's not a good decision, but it's all, you know, one person at uh, UCLA said, it's all about American greed, yeah. and hey, we're right in the middle of it, and hey, uh, they'll benefit, they'll get more money for hopefully other positive projects that are going on uh, on that campus. I mean, it's a gorgeous campus, and, yeah. you know, it's it's fun to go down there and play against them, but I think this could be it, because if we don't go to the L.A. schools next year, because we know they have the uneven schedule, those are the last games we'll ever play at Poly. And the Galen Center, nah. and uh, I think this this year in football, UCLA is coming to town. But we're done with USC, I think, right? That's unless, unless, can you see uh, a USC or UCLA non-conference game with Oregon State? I I've heard that we're not interested. But oh. I don't know if that's a fact. Okay, hmm. but uh, I I think you know, hey, they turn your back uh, on you know they they turn their back on the West Coast and the teams out here. There's plenty of great teams that can fill up research. I mean, people are so people are envious of the Beavers right now because they, they say, "Boy, that new stadium that's going to be incredible, huh?" Yeah, you know, because the UCLA's never had their own stadium. No, no, they have the Rose Bowl and same kind of kind of the same with USC. They've got the Coliseum. Hey, they're great facilities and they're awesome and there's so much history there. I mean, I love going to both of them, but uh, I mean, this is. If this is a community stadium for Corvallis and the Beavers, boom, you know, it's, it's perfect. Ron Callen joining us. Ron, what would you think about a trip to SMU or San Diego State? Well, back in 2016, when the women's basketball team went to the Final Four, we were in Dallas for the regional, and we used SMU uh, for a practice facility, uh-huh. and that's a nice campus. Okay, Dallas is a good TV market. It's a big TV market. Number five. You know, I mean... And as far as uh, San Diego State, it doesn't have the cachet that, you know, the two L.A. schools have. But it is access to SoCal for recruiting yep. and visibility. And the, the market size is okay, you know. Uh, so I, I think those two would be, I don't think they'd be negatives. I, I, I know people say, well, people on the East Coast like Boise State because they got the blue turf. And it looks good on TV. I don't like it on TV. No, I, 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 no. I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the blue turf. Although, hey, it works for Boise State, and so congratulations to them on that. Well, Ron, uh, uh, um, Kenzano tweeted out this morning that the Pac-12 has been stiff arming the uh, uh, stiff arming Boise State and kind of keeping them at arm's length during all this process. Mm-hmm. So I, it looks more and more like it might be San Diego State and 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 uh, SMU. And San Diego State's baseball facilities are really nice. I called games there. Oh, yeah. They, I called a game nice. there back in 08 when uh, Mike couldn't do it. I did a whole road trip down there, and uh, that's a real nice facility. They yeah. had a tournament down there, and uh, Tony Gwynn was the coach. Yep, so it was a yep, good time yep, yep. to be there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it'll be interesting. Also, you know, some of the great players that play for Oregon State have come from the state of Texas. Yeah. And there would be a chance you know, for more. 
Right, right. So that can't, I mean, I, I, I can't be against that. I, I, that's, hey, since those two schools are history, I, SMU, you know, they've had their issues long time ago. But, uh, hey, they've got, they're back on track, and they could be a good addition. Be interesting. All right, you need to get going. So do we. Thanks for your time. Have uh, fun in Washington, and good luck in Seattle tomorrow night against the Huskies. Gentlemen, thanks for having me. All right, thanks, Ron. Ronnie C., Ron Callen, joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show. We've got to take a break. We'll come right back with more on 1240 Joe Radio. The Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies, including Safeco Insurance. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, or Tom Worth. They'll help you find an insurance plan that works best for you. Call 541-757-1315 or stop by at 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. The Unified Insurance Group, your hometown team, always putting you first. This year, Valentine's Day is going to be even bigger at Qdoba. On February 14th, get a free entree with the purchase of another entree of equal or greater value. Show your kindness by buying an entree and gifting one to a friend. Plus, Qdoba is giving out other treats throughout the week to celebrate Random Acts of Kindness Week. Qdoba is making the world a more flavorful place. Are you? Summer, with all of its events and parties, is on the way. Call Forks and Corks today and make your reservation. Large or small, Forks and Corks Catering will make your event spectacular. From sit-down dinners to buffets or delicious bites, they'll work with you to choose a menu based on taste and budget. Forks and Corks will ensure an enjoyable experience for you and your guests. A spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. Have you seen Highland Bowl's expanded Strike Zone Lounge? Stop by for a burger, pizza, a hot or a cold sandwich, or a salad. There's appetizers and snacks, too. And the prices are so low on beer and spirits, it's like happy hour all day. Enjoy your favorite Oregon lottery games, too. Highland Bowl. It isn't just for bowlers anymore. Stop by and check out the expanded Strike Zone Lounge at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up. You knock them down. Hey everyone, if you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon, the best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. Ah, the RV life, carefree living at its best. Find everything you need for worry-free RV living at Lassen RV Parts and Service. At Lassen RV, you can talk to experts who will see to it that you have the right solution for your RV. We carry everything right down to the special RV-approved two-ply toilet paper. Lassen RV and Lassen RV Parts and Service, where friends send their friends. Just east of I-5 on Highway 20 in Albany and at LassenRV.com. Have you been putting off that home remodeling project? Have you decided that this is the year to get it done? For nearly 35 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, window coverings, and wood and luxury vinyl flooring from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or at CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. 
If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beeves. We got Mike Parker joining us here in a couple of minutes. We'll take one more break. Get Doc on. I was just reading through tweets. Who's Bad Benny? <clears throat> we don't have any. We don't have any texts. No, text line has been quiet today. Eh, we haven't really been compelling, but you know, we've thrown out a few thoughts. What would you do uh, with SMU and San Diego State? Would you want them? Would you not? I'll have to update you on the poll at the end of the show. Who else would you want <sighs> at this point? Okay, I mean, Dave and Sandy, I appreciate the Wyoming uh, thought, but no. they're like again, I the state of Wyoming is smaller population wise than the Portland metro area. It's just not big enough. No, I, There's I I'd no like pole. to see more. Um, Unless you like hiking, and then uh, in which case uh, you could go non-conference games. That'd be okay. Yeah, football though or basketball. I'd say basketball. Somebody named Bad Benny. A realistic Pac-12 Mountain West merger. Do it and save face. The West. Oregon State, Oregon, Washington State, but not, oh yeah, Washington. And Boise State, Cal, Stanford, Fresno State. And then the East, San Diego State, UNLV, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, uh, New Mexico. And Colorado State. Huh. You get, I don't think there should be a merger with the Pac-12. And, UNLV? And Why? Why UNLV? I don't get it. Vegas? Well, the market's, Pac- the market's great. The problem is, is that... Pac-12's already in, in Vegas. That's the footprint. Yeah. with Well, with the offices, well, not the offices, but the championships and the bowl, but... Mm-hmm. <sighs> a, a text came in from Jeff. I think he's asking me, what's the last year I played baseball, Jeff? Is that what you're asking? And why did I stop? I stopped because I got cut. That's why. <laughs> That's why. What year did you get cut? Uh, my senior year. It was pretty brutal. Ouch. You yeah, it was Freshman, ouch. sophomore, junior. And yeah, then and then I got cut. TJ, and we're, we're not and need you my anymore. biggest beef with it, you know, I'm, I'm, here past, to let you it. Go, TJ. I'm past it now. <laughs> like, I really don't care. It, it, you know, it helped shape me as a person, right? You need to, like, yeah. kind of get a wake-up call at yes. some point of, like, and the kids hey, you didn't work. Don't. You, didn't, you didn't work, like... You didn't work hard. Maybe I wasn't good enough. Maybe I wouldn't have played very well that right. season. That is very well a possibility. And many other things happened after I got cut. Like the the friends I still have from high school I made after I got cut because I got to spend more time with them instead of playing baseball. Yeah. Which was, you know, it's kind of like a blessing in disguise. So you're However, okay with it. I, I right now, like in the moment, no, I was really pissed off. <laughs> but I mean, now I'm at no, peace with now. it knowing because I wasn't going to go play college baseball. Yeah. So I, I wanted, I was expecting to play one more season and then be done. See, and, and when you don't get to make that decision end and someone makes it for you, it's a lot harder. But the funny thing is the two kids that took my spot were on JV by the end of the year. So uh-huh. I was sitting there like, was that really the right decision then? <laughs> I don't know. It if, is what it is, though. If, if, I thought I would have had fun. I thought I, I did enough in the offseason between my junior and senior year to make varsity senior year. I apparently did not in the eyes of the coaching yeah, staff. Yeah, I'll tell you what. You, it sounds like you're growing, and it's uh, wisdom is a sign of acceptance 
an understanding of failures. Right. And I, it and sounds like you're doing that. Again, I don't have any hard feelings towards my coaches anymore. It's I like did. They, they, it's their, it's their, it is their program. They I was mad at Sonny Long for 20 years. Make the decision me. that they did. So it is what it is. Sonny. He cut me my sophomore year. So I walked up to him. We had an interesting relationship. He, everybody was scared of him. I mean, he had resting scary face. Oh. And he was, he was scary and kind of grouchy and mean. But I didn't care because I something I can smell it. And he knew and he would laugh at my jokes and, and and we had this thing. Didn't hardly talk at all. He was a non-talker. But after he cut me, I'm only five eight. I'm he should have cut me. Although, <laughs> although no, I could have played on the sophomore team. I could have played JV. I mean, come on, I was a great shooter. Anyway, he cut me and I I walked up to him, I don't know, between classes or something. I'm like, what'd you cut me for? What's your problem? He goes, cause you're too damn short. <laughs> I said, ah. I kept walking. Coach, just put me up in the corner and I'll pop a three. He was great. I wasn't, I wasn't really mad at him. All right, Mike Parker coming up next on 1240 Joe Radio. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice tools and resources to help you reach your goals and we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track contact me today 541-758-8245 edward jones member sipc hey everyone pacific brick espresso located off of pacific boulevard in albany by browers bookstore and a new location off of highway 99 in tangent next to riverland rentals invites you to experience their quaint little drive through coffee shops with their comforting drinks and welcoming conversations Open 5.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday and 8 a.m. 12.30 p.m. on Saturday. Pacific Perk Espresso. Family-owned and family-friendly all day long. If you or someone you know need dependable medical transportation, Gap Patient Services is family-owned and operated, offering safe and reliable non-emergency medical transportation in Lynn and Benton counties. Gap Patient Services operates 24-7 and offers wheelchair and ambulatory transport short and long distances, and much more. Gap riders also enjoy every seventh ride free. Terms and conditions apply. Call Gap Patient Services at 541-250-7797 or visit Gap tra.com have you been putting off that home remodeling project have you decided that this is the year to get it done for nearly 35 years people in the mid valley have been going to corvallis floor covering stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet countertops window coverings and wood and luxury vinyl flooring from all the popular brands Corvallis Floor Covering at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or at CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. Now's the time to get... Okay, we continue with the Joe Beaver Show. Shout out to Les. <clears throat> He's down, uh, down at ASU. Going to go watch some Beaver baseball cool. uh, tomorrow, cool. but now Make down at the softball. ASU campus. Les, if you get a chance, I'm sure you've already walked around the campus, but... Should do it again. It's oh, it's amazing. It's a good campus. Sunny, warm, lots of new architecture. They have built so many new things on that campus that I never realized when I went down there last week and looking around at these buildings that used to huh. be empty dirt. <clears throat> did you go to the box place? What box? Oh, the Chuck box. No, I did Chuck not. Box. We went pretty much any, anywhere else, though. So Mike is in uh, Pullman or Spokane. Do you guys bus stay in uh, Spokane and bus to the games now? 
Yes, in, in the Wayne Tinkalera guys, and yeah, I am coming to you from Spokane, and I'm sorry that I didn't hear the phone, but Trevor okay. Kramer and Coach Tinkle and I were just walking back from shoot-around, which took place at the Stockton facility built in 2002, the warehouse that John and his brother and family converted into you know, a tremendous basketball gym. I, st- I shouldn't say beautiful because it's not. It's got kind of an old barn <laughs> dimly lit feeling to it and i like it because it reminds me of my old high school gym in cottage grove <laughs> not very brightly lit kind of an old feeling to it and the guys we had practiced there yesterday arrived in spokane yesterday and had a shoot around just now and we'll leave at around five o'clock to bus down to pullman but walk to and from from it's over uh, the warehouse is just beyond the gonzaga campus and Coach and Trevor and I just walked back and reminisced with Coach about when he moved here in 1974, the summer of 74, when Spokane was hosting the World's Fair and regaled us with stories of what the city was like then, mm. playing uh, rap ball with John Stockton and it went during John's NBA days and Wayne was playing. They'd come home and play in the summer. This was before the warehouse was built, but he and John have a a good relationship, and in fact, the Beavers were having a hard time finding a gym to work out in here in Spokane. And so, Coach said, he, "I texted John. He got right back to me and said, we'll, we'll make space in in the warehouse for you, whatever you need.' So Stockton took good care of uh, of Wayne and the fellows. And Wayne said he and John used to play a lot of pickup ball together. And he said the picket, you know, he said." To have played pick and roll with John Stockton is a pretty big highlight in life, and he has. So it was fun to walk back, and now it's good to be on with you guys. That's very cool. A couple of things now. You you say the warehouse that John and his brother converted. What was it before, and was it in their family ownership, and they just turned a literal barn into a basketball facility? Well, you know, we call it a barn as a term of affection. Yeah. Wayne said it was just a warehouse. Now, a warehouse for what? No idea. But it's still, in honor of what the building used to be, is called the warehouse. And so that's about all I know about it. John opened it in 2002, but I visited with Jaden Stevens for the pregame show tonight. Jaden will be returning to action after missing the last seven games. He went to Gonzaga Prep here in town. Wayne went to Ferris High School here in town. But Jaden went to Gonzaga Prep and grew up, you know, he's playing the competition. So he, Jaden's got an extra spring in his step. He's excited to, to return to the warehouse in his boyhood and high school day roots. And now he's looking forward to playing against a team that didn't really give him a sniff and recruiting it all down the road in Washington state. So when he does get in tonight, know that Jaden's going to be uh, carrying a lot of memories, a lot of fans in the stands tonight for him, family and friends who will make the little hour, 20 minute trip down the road and be cheering him on. And if he plays well, I think part of it's just the motivation that it'll take with him to the court. There's, go ahead. Well, I'll say, Mike, we, when we got to talk to Wayne on Tuesday while you and John were here in studio, the, the, the question was, was floating around to Wayne and, and to Christian Wright and to, to Glenn Taylor of down the stretch, what makes this a successful season? It's like, hey, you know, run the table and, and perhaps win a game or two in the Pac-12 tournament. That mood... I guess, in your eyes watching this team this year, is, is that a, a fair evaluation of, of how the season ends on a successful note? 
TJ, it's a good question. We've seen enough really good stretches and games from the Beavers all year, and I was so glad that they were able to find a way to persevere and break through and beat USC. USC very much a, a bubble team that really needed that game, so they were locked in. Down a couple of key pieces, yes, but still, it wasn't a matter of overlooking the Beavers at all. Andy Enfield, I've never seen him as exercised and agitated as he was Saturday. And the Beavs should have gotten them in L.A., lost by a point, and this time found a way to win that close, tough game down the stretch. And I can just see it in the way the guys are carrying themselves. They believe they can go in any game and play with anybody. And, you know, Washington State's been a tough out of late for them. The Beavs lost both games last year, including in the 3-28 and year, an overtime loss in Corvallis, 103-97. to uh, It was a big-time game with a lot of offense and atmosphere. Both teams are playing a little bit more methodically this year, but Washington State's been up and down too. So I think this is a very winnable game if the Beavs play the kind of defense they played against the LA schools, find enough offense, keep Dean up. And the Cougs, as Derek Dice uh, told us on mm-hmm. a couple of days ago, they live and die by the three. And if they don't have a good night shooting the ball, and the Beavers can affect that by how they defend, I think the Beavers have a great chance to win this. They've already beaten the Huskies. The Huskies are coming off of, for them, a tremendous win over Oregon last night. Yeah. But sometimes when you catch a team on the back end, as Washington will be, they may be a little full of themselves and, hey, we just, you know, we, the hard part's over for the weekend. Now we're going to sweep. If they have any attitude or mindset like that, the Beavs can beat them, too. It's been a long time since the Beavers have won in Seattle, and I think it's time to change that. The last time the Beavers won in Heck Ed, Alaska Airlines Arena was the 03-04 season. Ooh. Fellas, I think it's time to change that. Yes, yes, I, I absolutely agree with you. Mike Parker with us here in this last uh, last bit of the uh, the program here. Of the week because of baseball tomorrow. Now, in the um, in the light of, of where, where you were when I talked with you yesterday, and I've seen that that scenario very often over the years where you're with the team, you're in a corner, sometimes using mats for to make little desks out of to do some homework while yeah. you're watching practice. The last time I was in that scenario, I went down a rabbit hole in uh, at Iowa State learning about Tech's winner at Kansas State because I needed to know about the history of the, of the conference. And, and then one thing leads to another. He was with... Uh, the, the Converse of Converse Shoes in the Army or in the Air Corps of World War II. Then he goes to Oregon State for a year, marries his, his finds his wife, marries her, then goes to USC and becomes an all-world track athlete and learns the triangle offense and becomes famous. Have you gone, did you go down any kind of rabbit hole where you learn something you've never known before? Now, it's harder to do in conference because... We've been doing this for 20-some-odd years. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, a gem yeah, might come you know, it's Yeah, it's a good question in that, while this isn't new, it, I was reminded of, and we'll mention it tonight during the broadcast, that this rivalry between the Beavers and Washington State is Oregon State's oldest continuous rivalry. Okay. And that I find interesting in that, you know, between COVID and world wars and other things, the, the fact that tonight when the Beavers and Cougars play, it will mark the 114th consecutive year 
in which these two basketball programs have played each other. And that's the third longest rivalry in the history of college basketball, the most continuous. The other, uh, Idaho and Washington State is number one. Baylor and Texas is number two, continuous rivalry. And the Beavers and Washington State, the third longest in college basketball history. Tonight's 114 consecutive years these schools have managed to play one another. With and that's no interruption. Not true of Oregon. It's not true of Washington. Uh, this is a continuous rivalry uh, going back 114 years. Well, that's amazing. Not only COVID, but World War II. I mean, uh, right. there, there was time and there. One. And one. Yeah. <laughs> right. And two. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. That is a good stat. You're right. That's come out before. It comes out whenever we do look at the series. But that is pretty amazing. And why Washington yes. State and not Oregon or not Washington? Right. Yeah, I wonder that, too. I, I don't know. I, I don't know about timing. You know, I, I, I'd have to go back and look specific years to see why the Beavers wouldn't have played Oregon. Now, they still played Oregon more than anybody else. And as we know, and we'll remind all everybody next week yeah. uh, when the Beavers play Oregon at home that it's the most contested rivalry ever in college basketball. These two schools, Oregon State and Oregon, have played each other more often than any other two have. And that, that also is pretty cool. It also speaks to the Pacific Northwest, in a sense, and the uh, couple of things, you know, the the lack of a number of opponents to get to, in a sense, yeah. and the fact that in certain years, Oregon and Oregon State would play each other four and five times a season. Back that happened a couple of yeah. times along the way. Yeah, the non-conference and that was already yeah. scheduled, plus the Far West Classic. If you take a little deeper dive, too, last thing on this, but it's kind of funny. If you think back to the aughts, 1907, 1908, 1909, 10, whatever, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, communication, yes, there were phones and everything, but communication would have been a lot harder between Pullman and Corvallis than, say, Corvallis and Eugene or even Corvallis and right. Seattle. So if there was a snowstorm or anything right. to break up that run, you'd think it would have been harder for them to, to make it all put together between Pullman and Corvallis than the other two locales. I totally agree, John. You think about the winters, and we're not, you know, we're not talking about flying in a lot of those years. Yeah, uh, many of those years, you're, you know, you're, you're busing up. Maybe there was a train. I, you know, I, I don't know, <laughs> but you're right. The fact that they've been able to keep the series alive <laughs> with all the vagaries of life in, in the times that we're talking about is pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll let you go. We've got. Uh, we'll wrap up the program here. Uh, who who to be worried about? Bamba or? or Aguaya or Powell. I mean, they've got three guys that average in double figures. The biggest thing is they're collectively Mohammed Gay that you refer to as having a huge year. And he's averaging 13.8, eight and a half rebounds. Uh, he's coming off a big game in the victory over Washington. TJ Bamba and Mohammed Gay are the guys that make them go. But DJ Rodman is playing well. Uh, Dennis's kid. They are a, Prolific offensive rebounding team. Part of that's the number of threes they shoot. They shoot a bunch of them, and threes that miss oftentimes have long bounces, and I give the Cougs credit the way that they, it's part of their offense. They'll take a lot of threes, but they have guys that can position themselves to read the shot out of the hand of their teammate. Okay, this one's going to bounce left, and I'm going to go get it. (laughs) They have a real strong mindset to that. And the bees have got to, they can't give those kinds of second reload opportunities tonight. They've got to do their job and tracking the ball and grabbing it because if they don't, the Cougs take 
take a lot of advantage of second-chance opportunities. They had 17 offensive rebounds in a 56-51 win over Washington in their last game. That's a lot of second-chance opportunities. They have 180 more three-point attempts than their opponents. I know. That's amazing. That's how they live. And when they beat Arizona down in Tucson, which is still probably the best win in conference this year, yeah. they hit, they were like 12 of 27 or something like that. I mean, they, they can get, they can really get hot from deep. All right, Michael, have a great call. We'll hear you tonight at seven thirty. Talk to you later. Okay. Here we go. Talk to you. Okay. <laughs> that was fun. Good stuff there from doc. You looked at me as you mentioned, DJ Rodman. I had obviously not done a deep dive on the Cougar roster. Uh-huh. A, had no idea Dennis Rodman was married, <laughs> based on how he has lived his life. Well, he was married to Madonna for a while. Uh, mother Michelle Rodman, father Dennis, two-time All-Star, five championships. <laughs> what an athletic family. His sister, Trinity, was with the Cougars soccer program and was the number two overall pick in the NWSL draft. What's the connection with the Rodmans to, to Wazoo? He loves, he loves the Palouse. Wazoo's out there as it is with you know from a Detroit type you know Dennis Rodman right but then yeah, it looks like they settled in Newport Beach brother and sister go there he That's went to Newport he's from the hometown of listed hometown of Newport Beach and went to a Southern California high school huh. that's that's strange man I yeah <laughs> was not going to draw that connection that's for sure DJ Rodman okay all right we'll be back after this final timeout wrap it up and take a, a text or two or a phone call anything you want to do. Four nine seven five three five six. the number to text or call here on 1240 Joe Radio. Now's the time to get a great deal on a Kubota BX23S compact tractor on display now at Lindbetten Tractor in Tangent. The BX23S compact tractor is rated number one in durability and owner experience and with performance matched attachments. It's easy to operate too. You can get a Kubota BX23S compact tractor for as low as $0 down and 0% APR for up to 60 months now through June 30th. See Lindbetten Tractor or go to KubotaUSA.com for a full disclaimer. Tired of the same old menu from restaurant to restaurant? The Growler Cafe in Lebanon has created a welcoming spot for all ages with a scratch menu, comforting atmosphere, and hand-selected craft beer and ciders. Their attention to detail from the penny floor to the delicious Canadian bacon is spot on. Be sure to check them out for lunch or dinner Tuesday through Saturday and brunch on Sunday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. You won't be disappointed. Line drive punt, Anthony Gould makes the catch at the 20, comes up a seam to the 30, and Anthony Gould is on his way. Hey, Beaver Nation, this is All-American wide receiver Anthony Gould. I commit every day to getting better both in the classroom, on the field, and by giving back to the community. You can support all Beaver student-athletes and teams by committing to Damn Nation Collective, the preferred collective of OSU Athletics, by assisting as we prepare for our futures. To commit today, go to damnnationcollective.com. Always remember, speed wins. Go Beavs. 10-5 and in. Anthony Gould, touchdown Beavers on the punt return. Yeah, it was good to have Anthony in studio the day he recorded that spot and then just came in here and... uh in-person interviews are always 10 million times better than doing it over the phone. So we really cherish that opportunity. So a couple of links here to two different things. One I wanted to bring up. I was unaware. It happened, I guess, just Mm -hmm. before we went on the air that Tim McCarver passed away. Yeah. I don't remember him as a player. Mike does. I remember him totally as an analyst with Joe Buck. Right. And I love Tim McCarver. I love Joe Buck, Tim McCarver. Just the voice, you know, even if mm-hmm. some, even if someone's not very good, I, 
for me anyway, growing up with a sound is almost more important than what they say. Yeah. Pat Summerall's voice. Of course, mm-hmm. he was a legend. He was a player, but he also went play-by-play. He was a legend. And Summerall Madden was just something you grew up with. Mm-hmm. It was tradition. And then a lot of the teamings that they're having. We've been talking about Greg Olson and what happens to him. He's mm-hmm. so good at it now. And then they're, and they're bringing in Tom Brady, but they're putting it off a year. And I don't know if they should change their mind on that deal. I don't want to get lost in the or weeds on this. Or if he gets poached. But, but yeah. But I love, absolutely love Tim McCarver. And his work back in the day. And Mike says uh, on his text, I don't know him as a player. Sad news about the great Tim McCarver. I thought he was an outstanding teacher of the game on his broadcast. Yes. And one of the fastest running catchers ever. So that's interesting. Hmm. I don't remember the exact wordage of Tim McCarver. Or, or that, it was before I really paid that close attention to, to how someone analyzed the game. Now I can tell you that I think Mike Blower's of the Mariners in Root Sports is one of the best color analysts of the game. If you listen to him, opposed to listening to some random national yeah, color commentator, yeah. you realize Mike Blowers is great. But that's me growing up from 1998 I actually on. believe that of Jim Wilson. I think Jim Wilson could do it anywhere. He could go national. Yeah. Because he breaks it down so well. And I'm not just saying that because he's a beaver and he's, he's a friend and all that. Jimmy is fantastic. But uh, Tim McCarver really did break it down and teach the game throughout the broadcast. <clears throat> to uh, to you know listeners and and viewers and all that very very sad news. Yeah, I don't even know who would who would qualify to be uh, to be that voice for me if I'm thinking about Tim McCarver. I mean, the last one I remember for Tim McCarver for me was I think the 2013 World Series, which was Red Sox Cardinals, which was Tim McCarver's team. I believe he yeah. did some work for the Cardinals yeah. during the season. Funny enough, him and Joe Buck. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so then they're they're in the Fox booth calling a World Series, and it's kind of no, weird, I guess, really for sad. the other team, saying, well, the Cardinals announcers here calling a game for their own World Series? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that that happens. It does. That happens. You got you come from somewhere. Let's go to the phones, our first and only call today uh, on the uh, Downward Dog phone line. Guy, welcome to the show. Oh, wow. I'm the only call. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, well, that's sad. <laughs> you know, the, the show's always amazing. I couldn't believe that... Uh, what Mike was just saying about the basketball hierarchy of uh, who's played the longest. Yeah. The one thing I did catch is that uh, Washington State is at number one and number three. For longest, uh, as far as for the longest is it playing there? Uh, against things. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I know number, number one, three. He right. said that's right. And, Idaho uh, and Washington, Washington State. Yeah. <laughs> Which you'd think, so, with all the other college basketball programs around the country, there would be uh, North Carolina, North Carolina State, something like that, you know, to, or Indiana. You'd almost think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's freaking fantastic. And Washington State's actually my second favorite school in the whole conference anyway, so I always love it when we get to play them because all of our family and everything, and my mom and dad, they all started in Spokane. Oh, that's my cool. My brothers and sisters, the first four were born up there. Yeah, that's very cool. lived up there cool. almost all our lives. And, you know, but I appreciate the Cougars because they are a school a lot like ours, and they're just a lot of workmen and stuff. So I, I enjoy getting to beat them so I can call my cousins yeah. and say, ha, ha, I got you this time. <laughs> <laughs> Guy, have you have you been to a but, game uh, up there in either basketball or football? No, I haven't, but I've seen the stadiums. Yeah, and I have been up there. I've been in Lataw County, right there, and and uh, 
Moscow and I've been there for the fairs and some of the stuff. Yeah. And I've grown up going all up and down through the area. And then even as an adult, I've uh, been up and down through the area. So that's where I really got to understand it. Oh, that's and great. It's pretty place actually. You know, people say, Oh, there's nothing here. It's like, you kidding? These Palouse rolls and hills oh, are yeah. just gorgeous. It's Especially a, it, it you is. go up in the summer and you look at the colors of how things roll. It's, it it, is, it, it's uh, beautiful. One of the beautiful prettiest territory. drives I've ever done. It's absolutely gorgeous up there. Yeah. I did hear you guys saying one thing about, uh, you know, the people going into possibly for replacing USC and UCLA, which are big names. But the one thing I didn't, really hear anybody really saying it's like i've always thought that you know fresno state i thought would be and i know you're saying san diego state and the others but mm-hmm. fresno state has been a team and back in the past we always used to say that usc and ucla would not put them on their schedule because they're too afraid to get beat by a, a college from a lower conference as they thought of it that's true. That's Those guys true. are good, and they they're are. very good, and they beat a lot of Pac-12 teams, Pac-10, mm-hmm. Pac-8, you know, yeah. all through the time. Won a national championship solid. in baseball. No, yep. they, they can absolutely have some great teams. I think the market size. The market for San, and San Diego State a little bit more in the basketball sense as well. Yeah. Well, exactly, and San Diego State gives us a little bit of more Southern Cal stuff yeah. where – you know, just keeping uh, our foot in the door for all that great market for recruits and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I think Fresno State would also still uh, suffice to that too. So, well, um, maybe if you go to fourteen, good. if you go yeah. to fourteen, and you're going to add two more, then, then they, Fresno State they might be in, be in there. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Great stuff, guy. Have a great I weekend. All right. All right. Bless you guys. Take care. You too. That's Guy calling in mm-hmm. uh, last couple of minutes of the program. Back, back to Tim McCarver. Mm-hmm. Tim McCarver, now, do you know of the Tim McCarver, Deion Sanders dust-up? I, I do not, no. You, it's up on YouTube. I'll leave it here. You can see watch it later. Okay. I don't want to play it now because I don't know if there's swear words in it. I, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in a long time, but Dion poured some, some something on Tim while he's broadcasting, and, and Tim <laughs> went nuts and just all... Oh, that's really mature, Dion. That's re- and they got into it. So, oh, but that was goodness. years ago. That that's was so funny. Ago. That's and, so uh, funny. My, in fact, what's one of the things that he's most famous for? McCarver is being in that locker room dust up with Dion. Mm-hmm. Couple of texts coming in about Tim McCarver. My mom texting in saying he was also she, he was also a great analyst for the Mets. I had no idea he was an analyst for the Mets. Oh, okay. Uh, so thank you, mom. Thanks for listening. Um, and then. Let's see. McCarver <laughs> said Bob Gibson was the luckiest pitcher he ever saw. Every time he pitched, the other team didn't score any runs. Well, <laughs> is I don't I can't tell if that's supposed to be a joke or not. Okay, I ca- I cannot tell. I I, li- I like the I like the. It's funny. I did chuckle at it, but usually that's the goal of every pitcher, right? You don't allow any runs. That's right. Right. That's, that's good. Right. That's right. Unless he said. The other team didn't score any runs. I, that God, that has to be a joke, right? If you're the texture that texted that, please follow up before the show ends. Well, that's that's really sad news. Uh, it is very sad, that, right? I really enjoyed his work, and and uh, it's been a while since I've heard him. He's been on, but uh, anyway, okay, great show, great show. Our thanks to Ron Callen, Mike Parker, Carter Baines from BeaverBlitz.com, and we got Beaver baseball tomorrow. Ten so. fifteen. 
Talk to you then. 10-15, and, uh, and then the weekend, four games in a row, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, baseball instead of the Joe Beaver Show. And Monday's a holiday anyway, so. All right, thanks, TJ. Sleep for you. Yeah, because I'm feeling it. I'm starting to sneeze and cough and everything. Okay, have a great weekend, everybody. KEJO Corvallis. And translator, K229DI Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.